0: Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me as always is Joseph. Hello. And Jehu. Go. Halloween Horror for Cowards, Part Deux, Cabin in the Woods. Because we made a promise, and we stuck to it.
1: I know, it. I'm so impressed with us. We actually knew what we were doing in advance this time.
0: <laughs> did you guys actually watch it? I did, Re-watched and,
1: and I, I will say, we're, I feel like we're stretching the definition of horror with this movie. Yeah. Because I, I, remember, it, I, am a wuss. I remember it being scarier, uh, and then I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is more comedy than horror.
0: Yeah, it's definitely well, a comedy.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, it, it has a lot in common with Scream. You know, in that you know, it's like a sort of deconstruction of horror, and there's a lot of comedy elements to it. But whereas Scream is genuinely scary in parts, this is never scary at all.
0: Yeah, directed by Drew Goddard, is that correct? Correct, making is, that up.
1: This is yep. only uh, only directing credit so far.
0: He wrote he wrote some Lost, I think. Is that how he, he, he did
1: write some Lost? Uh, he wrote another movie that's kind of like this, Bad Times at the El Royale. He wrote the screenplay for The Martian and a few other things. I mean, he's with a relatively mixed bag, but Transformers to better than Transformers mostly. Yeah, um, I agree he,
0: with
2: that. Isn't he a disciple of Whedon or am I wrong of that? that like, I mean, they made it
1: together. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah.
0: this is produced by Joss Whedon. All oh, right on. And I mean, pretty okay cast. Like a lot of these people... A lot of the main cast, besides Chris Hemsworth, I don't recognize. But all the side characters, I'm like, oh, this person's famous and I like them.
1: Right. I'm fairly certain that this movie was filmed before Thor. Uh, it was. Yeah.
0: A couple so, of years. But I actually. think it was released after. Yeah, it was, also, it, like, it I was I very close. I sat yeah, on yeah. it for a long time.
1: So, uh, you know, this is, I mean, relatively, comparatively, a pretty no-named cast. And then Chris Hemsworth, which in retrospect seems like a weird choice. But he wasn't Chris Hemsworth yet right
0: yeah and then you know the other three people i don't remember but jesse williams is like the only one of the five that i actually recognize or know uh besides chris hemsworth and then uh richard jenkins and bradley whitford right uh who are the stars of the movie in my opinion no doubt
1: uh jesse williams is very handsome i He's reali- a handsome guy i, I realize in re-watching this yeah i want that i don't know how he looks right now but I want the Jesse Williams that starred in this movie, in 2011, to be in the Training Day reboot as Ethan <laughs> Hawke's character. He just got that that like bright eyed innocence, uh, or he, he has can play that well. Eyes. Yeah, no, yeah. for
0: sure. Uh, it, you know, I think this movie is pretty well acted, but like it's it doesn't have to be like there's not like a special performance, but there's no performance where I'm like, oh, this is utter crap. But you know, they all do their jobs.
1: I mean, honestly, I think part of the strength of the performance, I mean, if, if we can call it a performance and not just Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford having a good time, it's really them. Like, they're yeah, they're selling you the heart of the movie about, like, what it's
2: really about. The other people are just confused and scared all the time. Yeah. I uh, I, I hadn't watched this movie since it came out, and I remember when it came out, I loved it. I, I think the big difference in watching it now is, A, the last time I watched it, I was around teenagers a lot more. So I think I enjoyed the whole movie more. Whereas watching it this time, I had zero interest in the actual teenagers part. And I wish it would have just been a two hour movie about like almost like an office style sort of movie about the behind the scenes uh you know ritual sacrifice people because that shit is the easily the most fun part of the movie kind of kind of like the the bit where they're they're taking bets on which monster they pick
1: but they just do that for all sorts of the different required beats for the horror (laughs) story
2: Right, right, right. Yeah. Like I'd watch a series about this, where they're preparing for it all year and stuff like that. Man, the special—it's a fun pitch. I mean, it is yeah. a fun pitch. I can't imagine that would be practical. I mean, I don't know <laughs> these days, budget-wise, potentially. But yeah, uh, you know, uh, I I still liked this movie a lot, but I definitely it wasn't as fresh as the first time I
0: watched. I would say I kind of felt the same way. Like I'm still really positive on this movie. I I still think it's better than Transformers. I really like it. Um, I felt like maybe some of the gags and jokes don't work as well now. Hard to think, but, you know, 10 years later, (laughs) like, I think you hit on that. Like, the most interesting part of the movie is what's going on behind the scenes. And it's so much more interesting that that's really all I want to see, even though, like, the deconstruction and play on tropes and kind of Evil Dead remake is the heart of the movie. It's the part I enjoy the least.
1: I mean, that's fair. I think, I think particularly in rewatching it a second go around, it feels like you're just waiting to get to that bit. But, I mean, that's one of the interesting... So this is only the second time that I've watched it. Have you guys watched it any more
2: than I have?
0: I've probably seen it four or five times.
2: Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Yeah.
2: I think I've watched it two and a half times. I watched okay. it when it initially came out. I slept through it another time uh, <laughs> when it first came out on cable, and then I watched this.
1: Because it was interesting for, to me to go back just for a second time Uh, because the first time you watch it you spend the first i don't know i mean 30 minutes kind of getting an idea of like what's really going on and then you still spend the rest of it trying to figure out like but why right Um, and so to like step back and see it again from like knowing all of you know all of the reasons why and all the things that they have to do uh i feel like i feel like the setups were more satisfying and and some of the the office bits which are kind of supposed to be vague, a little—I guess—a little vague. Uh, the first time you watch them, as you're piecing it together, you know, make like—I appreciate them more rewatching it.
0: I think they set everything up really well. Yeah, uh, I think when so When you too. when you when you know the the bit, you can see that it's not any way like forced. Like they, it, it, all the groundwork is laid really, really well. For what eventually comes,
1: we're, we're we're about to get into. I think the spoilers bit. We didn't talk about what this movie is about for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, it's <laughs> it's it's kind of a, like we said. It's kind of a deconstruction. It's like a cabin in the woods movie. Very at least surface level taking a lot of uh, inspiration from evil dead or the evil dead but there's more under the surface and more machinations that you know uh, if you haven't seen it i think it's worth watching even if you don't it's like really hard to talk about why what's special about this movie yeah. without spoiling but it's it's not real scary and it's pretty funny and it's
2: 90 minutes which is the perfect fucking length for a movie i was trying to remember did they blow this stuff in any of the promotion like you know the what was really going on or did the i did don't think the trailer they did, did it, i yeah i think the trailer for this movie just made it seem like it was a slasher movie in the woods which i think, think it's imp- great i think it implies
1: like a, a little bit like it's not just the slasher but i don't think it implies all of the you know like the meta shit right 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 but yeah do we want to get into the to the spoilers on
2: this one or how do we like it We're on a rewatch better or worse the transformers
0: i'm still going better
2: I'm I'm definitely going better than Transformers. This would get better than Transformers to me just for the Mordecai on the speakerphone bit. That's yeah. I mean that shit's pretty great. But uh, overall, yeah, it's it's a good movie. Yeah, I also say better than Transformers. I uh,
1: I actually might have enjoyed it more the second time than the first time. Definitely what Christian said. The uh, a lot of the comedic bits that hit really hard i think the first time i watched it yeah were so surprising didn't hit as hard because i knew they were coming but i i you know i don't know i appreciated i appreciated the craft more i feel i i appreciated all the the groundwork that was laid to get to the conclusion
0: yes spoilers
1: spoilers i don't know where you guys wanted to start on this one
0: i assumed joseph that you being the research person you are had a extensive list of easter eggs in this movie
1: man there are quite a lot of easter eggs in this movie they're mostly specifically related to the different monsters you see towards the end of the movie i wasn't sure if we wanted to work our way up to that point point. one of the things that i appreciated the second time around i one the the guy who is the uh the mordecai the harbinger guy is so fucking good he really <laughs> he's, is he's Possibly just the best performance in this movie because that guy feels very, very lived in. Like that, you could meet that guy. <laughs> right. I, I love the, I love the, I fought in the war. And so, what war? You know damn well what war. <laughs> right. I love that line. It's so good. <laughs>
2: well, and also, what, you know, once you know he's part of the setup and stuff, it's still. He doesn't stop being that guy, right? Which is yeah, great. Like he, he doesn't turn into oh, I'm just another one of the guys like Bradley Whitford and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, that 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 part's pretty great. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, well, what I asked about, what I want to ask about the Easter eggs, it, it actually was not the ending. Um, it's the seller bit because it. The first time I watched it, I've never really thought about, you know, oh, they get to choose. There's probably a ton of references in that bit that I. Don't pick up. I had not picked up on or looked for prior to this rewatch. So I was just wondering if you guys saw anything in that cellar uh, that made you think, "Oh, this would have been interesting," or or stood out to you.
2: I do remember when this came out. Like you know, that was one of the things everybody talked about. I was like, "Oh, that bit was like a reference to the thing." But right now, I can't remember what any of them were.
1: And as far as like the picking from the objects, the the picking your own demise kind of thing, the only one that is like semi uh, an explicit reference that I know of is the little puzzle ball. Yeah, that you later the Hellblazer. Find. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, I right just stuff.
0: couldn't figure out the ballerina one. I didn't yeah, look it up, but I was hoping one, one, one of you would know.
1: I don't know it. Um, All
0: right, we'll keep going.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things I liked as far as the groundwork setting it up is uh, as they're they're giving you these hints that something weird is going on just outside of your normal cabin in the woods thing. As soon as they go through the tunnel going into the cabin. They do the tracking shot. It pans from them in the RV going through the tunnel, and then it follows like the eagle or falcon or whatever flying yeah. over the lake and hitting the wall. Um, and then they cut immediately from that to the back of the RV, which has the bike, uh, which I thought was a nice setup uh, for later.
0: Right. Yeah. The CGI in that moment is trash. But you no, know, for yes. sure.
1: <laughs> I mean, I there's don't a lot of a, trash. I don't CGI. think this is a big budget movie in 2011 but it was also made in 2011
0: yeah guys on the internet were doing better for free uh in 2011 than some moments in this film but i do agree i believe it was a pretty cheap movie to make
2: yeah Um, well i don't even think 2011 because i think this was released in 2011 yeah you're right it was was made earlier
1: than
0: that yeah yeah this may have been made it was one of those movies like they made in 2008 and sat on for three years or whatever like Red Dawn, which also starred Chris Hemsworth. <laughs>
1: that's true. God, I can't believe that Josh Peck is still a thing. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think having an original show on Hulu doesn't count as still being a thing. Uh, yeah, I, do.
1: I, I don't know. He's he's on the internet somewhere. That's, that's enough for me.
0: That's too um, far.
1: That is too far. Yeah, you know, now that you mentioned her. You're right. The best thing in this movie is for sure the Richard Richard Jenkins, Bradley Whitford in the control room kind of thing. And I could just watch them do that shit literally all day. <laughs> you're right. Like yeah, I don't definitely. I don't need any of the other shit that's going on. Because you're right. Once once you get to the cabin, you're really kind of just biding your time until you get to like the next stage. And the the best bit is them, you know, doing the office pool. And there's like the intern, and they're arguing with the security guy, and I don't know, like fuck all the teenagers they do they they suck and you know what's gonna happen to them
0: what i really like about the them is in my opinion the best scene of the movie is um when right before the blonde chick dies and they're like come on let's see them boobies and uh the guy's like you know do we have to be the security guys like do we have to be this way and they said we're not the only ones watching and they watch that whole scene and you think like certainly they're being disgusting but they're checking off these boxes and they're balancing like i think both of their performances are really good they're balancing yeah. like the humor and then also kind of the emotional weight of oh we're trying to protect the world yeah. um, right. from evil god thing and uh, it's just a really good moment to highlight the duality that's going on throughout the whole mo- whole movie
2: you know uh you, you start, Speaking of those two guys and Easter eggs, one I've continually tried to figure out, and I can't. I know that them saying that there was a slip up in 96 has to be referencing something specific, like something in movie history, but I can't figure out what it was, hmm. unless maybe there was just no horror movies that year or something.
0: Yeah, what I mean, what year did Scream come out? It came out in 98, so... That's so the thought, year that that's the year they reference. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe it, it
2: is because I, I thought they said 96, but maybe you're right. Uh, but yeah, just because it it seems it seems very deliberate. But you know, again, everything in this movie seems very deliberate. I mean, it's a really cool premise. It, it sort of uh it sort of makes you feel like less of a ghoul for rooting for everyone to die in slasher. <laughs> Turns out you were doing the right thing all along. All along. I mean, we're we're yeah. We're, I mean, we're the, I think- we're the old gods. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right it looks like maybe the faculty was the movie they're referencing Weird. Um,
1: was josh whedon no- involved in that it seems like he would be it's a robert rodriguez well, film
0: none of the archetypes die all five are in the movie but none of them die
2: huh. man that was some real fucking fast research there
0: <laughs> yeah thanks reddit
1: <laughs> <It started> uh, <laughs> <on>. <laughs> but yeah, one of the other like rewatch bits that I enjoyed is is the bit where uh Marty the Stoner guy is supposed to die and when they're draining his blood there's there's like a rumble in the ground and and Bradley Whitford's like, "Oh, somebody's excited." Uh but, you know, again, it's like foreshadowing to the fact that he's not actually dead, but I right. I don't feel like you can pick that up until you watch it at least once.
2: Right. Yeah. Right.
0: I just really you know, this sounds like um, a bad thing and I I don't intend it to be, but kind of like the faculty reference, I feel like this movie is kind of such a love letter to horror that a lot of it goes over my head because I don't like horror.
2: Totally, yeah.
0: And so, you know, there, there are bits that I really enjoy and I even enjoy more so f- when they reference the horror things that I like. Like the first 30 minutes is play-by-play Evil Dead. I mean, finding a Mm. a book in the basement, reading it, and then, you know, zombies come at you and kill you. Like, those references I really enjoy because I get, but yet there's still probably, I don't know, 60% of this movie that's probably an ode to something that I am not catching.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that's okay as long as you still enjoy the movie. It's Easter eggs for the people who, like the, who catch the Easter eggs.
0: Oh, agreed. I'm just saying that maybe I don't have... I mean, I still really like it again. Are you I, saying I that maybe we're, than,
1: we're not the people who should be talking about cor-
0: horror movies? Correct. <laughs> I'm saying maybe we're not the complete target audience. Not mm. just our, our enjoyment is one thing, but maybe we're not the target audience. Right.
2: right. The yeah. people
0: who go to Halloween Horror Nights in Universal Studios. That's who this movie is for.
2: Have you ever told you about the time I went to Halloween Horror Nights?
0: Jehu, you've been to Halloween Horror Nights? I went
2: to Halloween Horror Nights one time. Uh, my best friend and his girlfriend took me with them one time. I'm still not entirely sure why they did that. But, uh, but yeah, we were we were at Halloween Horror Nights, and, you know, it's a lot of people. You walk by a bush, and, ah, it's not a bush. It's actually a guy and shit like that. But my main memory from it was there was a guy and you know, like a uh, – a, like a weight staff outfit and he was walking through with the fucking to-go box. And I was like, Oh shit, what's going to be in the to-go box? That's going to be horrifying. But it was actually just a to-go box. <laughs> <And> that was <laughs> that was, that was a big letdown for me.
0: I hear work in that is like terrible for the employees, but.
2: <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> Cause I mean, while, while I was there, I saw at least 10 military dudes who maybe had a few and were trying to fight chainsaw guys or bush who's really a guy guys shit like that it it seems like a bad scene
0: yeah i i will admit that the last time i went to uh like a haunted house type thing i did punch somebody and it was purely (laughs) reflex it was complete accident and i realized i should not come to these things
2: That's fucking great.
0: I can admit it. I I, it's not good, but
2: (laughs) I'm pretty excited about it because I whenever I'm at one of those things, I don't want to be involved in, but I want to see that happen. So I'm very (laughs) sorry I wasn't there.
0: Yeah. Um, but cabin in the woods. Yep. (laughs) I would do a cabin in the woods Halloween, whatever those things are at Universal Studios. But I mean, I like this movie. I think it's worth a rewatch. And uh, there's a lot of good shit in it. I'm just saying there's probably even more shit than I know.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, again, it's the perfect length of movie. Uh, especially once you've watched it again, you can't help but want to spend more time underground, and particularly like once all the shit is loose. A lot I, of
2: blood.
0: Uh,
1: a lot of blood. A lot of just ridiculous, gratuitous deaths. As far as like Easter eggs from that point on, uh I know there there was supposed to be a tie-in for the movie Le- uh, for the for the game uh, Left for Dead. If you guys have ever played that, yeah, great, great zombie shooter. So you can see some of like the special infected from that game in one of the the glass things, but the tie-in never went through, so there was never any additional shit with it. <laughs> right. You can see the the Reavers from Firefly are in one of the, the quick shots and like the bazillion TV screens. Also one of my favorite callbacks that in the movie is uh, on the TV screen, the intern trying to like signal the control room with the flashcards. You guys see that?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's>
1: fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the only other one that I know of is, is on the whiteboard when they're doing like the bets, one of the, the monsters that's listed is Kevin and it's presumably, I guess supposed to be a reference to a uh, Sin City, Elijah Wood in Sin City. Oh, right on. Like mild-mannered glasses guy <laughs> that's a stone-cold killer. <laughs> right,
0: right. Interesting tidbit.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. But the targets, I don't know what you want to call them, the sacrifices make their way kind of by accident down into the facility. It's this whole thing, you know, where we're satisfying the old God's wishes by enacting this horror formula of at least five sexy young people Getting together and ignoring the warnings and suffering the consequences. But we end with, with uh, the fool and the virgin is are the final two that, that make it to the end. And we find out if if the old gods are not satisfied, the world will be destroyed. And the person who the last line of defense trying to save the world is old Sigourney Weaver.
0: Perfect choice.
1: Now, well, see, that's the thing. Who do you think they wanted for this role?
0: Oh, I feel like it was Sigourney Weaver. Maybe you could make an argument for Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be Jamie Lee Curtis.
2: Jamie Lee Curtis does make more sense.
1: That's kind of what I thought. I'm pretty sure she was like the first choice. I don't know what happened, but I'm not, I'm not upset about Sigourney Weaver. I think, you know, that's also a fun reveal.
0: Sigourney Weaver has fought so many evil things and, uh, especially like in the era of late 70s, early 80s, mm-hmm. if there was a monster in a movie, Sigourney Weaver probably also in that movie. But <laughs> she never really played the that arc-type role like Jamie Lee Curtis did. Yeah. Like she was the original or whatever.
2: Do, do you remember, there was some other movie around this same time that basically had the exact same ending, that there was some sort of conspiracy, and at the end... The person who comes out and explains everything that's going on and is the head of it is Sigourney Weaver. Is that ringing a bell to anybody else? It is, but I don't feel like it was right around this time. You're going to make me look this shit up.
0: She definitely has worn like a power suit dress and explained evil machinations <laughs> before.
2: Right, right, right. It's a weird niche. She's yeah, good at Yeah, I-, I don't know. I I remember at the time, I just remember saying, oh, the the ending to this was just like blah, blah, blah. But now I can no longer remember what
0: blah, blah, blah was. It did kind of remind me like last week, Kurt, when you were talking about, you know, the ending of a movie where you think it's a thing and then it's not really the thing. Like, but this really was the thing like there right. really was like an evil god thing and it would just destroy the earth if nothing happened and that's exactly how this movie ends
1: Jay, <laughs> hey, Jay. Hey. and uh, these are these honestly are the, way, the, the, the best kind of ending earth. to me for for right. a horror movie Were are you saying hurt sorry i was like these are the mo- two most selfish teenagers on earth for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like Sigourney Weaver's making a very rational point here. Right, right, totally.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you're. I mean, it's hard to be on their side, but you also are like. I mean, they got a pretty good point. I mean, yeah.
1: Right. And like you said, I mean, I think they do a good job in the in the movie of like selling. Like they seem to be kind of enjoying it, but you can also tell like. It's a stressful job, and they know it's important, but they're just kind of letting off steam by doing all yeah, these other a, things. Yeah, it's like a
0: coping mechanism. Right, it's
1: a coping mechanism kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, also, the the Jap- Japan thing is obviously a ring thing. Right. I forgot. Uh, to, yeah, A
0: button. ring and the grudge.
2: Oh, yeah, or the grudge, or both. I don't know.
0: Yeah, right. very similar.
2: I mean, it was definitely a, a really great reference to just Japanese horror of that.
0: Era, <laughs> of like, For the sure. Yeah, through
2: the audience. Yeah yeah Um,
1: i do like this is uh, this is a rare instance on imdb where there was a corrective trivia fact (laughs) somebody wrote a trivia being like body count for this movie 69 and then somebody else put one under is like trivia fact at the end of this movie the world ends so body count is six (laughs) billion nine hundred and someone (laughs) else, which i really enjoyed yeah Yeah, that's That's funny well is there anything else we want to talk about for cabin the woods
2: uh, nah, you
0: no, know, people should watch it.
2: I, the oh, only thing ahead, I was hurt. wondering, Have we uh, did this kind of put an end to horror deconstruction? Because I can't remember another movie like that coming out since then. Because for a while, almost all, like after Scream, there was a while where every horror movie had to make some sort of tongue-in-cheek tongue reference to horror convictions. I, like I remember LL Cool J was like in three different horror movies where he makes a reference to the black guy always dying first and shit like that. But I think this kind of put an end to that. So if nothing else, it should you know, it should get props for that. Yeah, I was gonna say Tucker and
1: Dale versus Evil, but that came out a year before. Right on. So shit. I got nothing.
0: Yeah, I can't think of one. And honestly, like this probably does it better than whatever anyone else is planning on doing. So you know, because I would say this. This even does it to movies that hadn't even come out yet. Because when I watched that Mermaid Man, Merman bit, I thought of Tusk. And, like, <laughs> that movie wouldn't come out for, like, another six years. And I was like, oh, this is like a reference to a movie that hasn't even been concocted yet. <laughs> right. um, it
1: was concocted after Kevin Smith watched Cabin in the Woods.
0: <laughs> probably. He thought, I should make a whole movie about a person turning into that thing. <laughs> Which don't watch Tusk? There's Fair any... enough. Yeah, I no, I mean, I like this movie. It's on Hulu. Check it out. It's a good Halloween movie.
1: It is a good Halloween movie. Again, especially if, like us, you're a coward. It's not very scary. It's not at all. I, I remembered it being more scary than it actually was. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, do we want to talk about... So we talked about doing an 80s slasher next week. Or an
0: 80s-style yeah. schlocky... Yeah. What do you want, Hurt? Things. We got any suggestions?
2: You know, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I almost want to do one like less iconic like you know like a like not nightmare on elm street but like if we were going to do one from that series like nightmare on elm street four or friday the 13th part five you know something that's going to be real dumb and all. i
1: mean halloween three would be the one i think that's the season of the witch the one where they just completely fuck it like mike myers is not
2: even a part of it right well you know what we might need to do we might need to research this because we really got to figure out which one we can watch for free i mean that's a great point but
0: uh, yeah, I like I like those suggestions. though. later Nightmare on Elm Street series, definitely how uh, would you say Friday the 13th, three Halloween seasons of the three. witch, whatever Halloween yeah. three. Uh, yeah, that one that one sounds tempting as well. Also, I don't I've know never watched it's... it. I've heard it's just terrible.
1: As, a, <laughs> as I'm looking up schlocky 80s movies, I've never seen also never seen a uh, little shop of horrors. Is that a horror yep. movie or is it a comedy? Oh, it's a uh, comedy. It's a
0: comedy. And it's fantastic.
1: Okay, it is. I agree. All right. Well, uh, you know, we'll. uh, I will try and update the Facebook page as we research and make decisions about this. But some kind of '80s slasher, but with absolutely no context. Not a popular one because that would make too much sense. One that most people haven't watched. (laughs) So join us for that. Uh, Well, cool. So that's it for Cabin in the Woods. Uh, What have you been watching this past week, guys?
0: Uh, I did something I haven't watched in a long time. I watched South Park. Um, I watched the COVID special and uh, it was pretty good. You know, it was really appropriate. I think, I don't know if appropriate is the word, but those guys have the right perspective, I think on all of this. And I mean, that's that's um, the
1: thing that amazes me about South Park. I feel like the crude humor disguises the fact that they almost always hit the nail right on the head with like the point that they're trying to make.
0: Yep agreed uh it's pretty gross uh but at the same time when you really like think about the beats they're hitting you're like no 100 you're you're dead on and uh I, I think it's a pretty funny look at the way life's been for the last few months uh, i watched a documentary called class action park uh, on hbo max yes of i know
2: about this yeah m-
0: my wife has been which is why we watched it
2: oh, what? <laughs> Crazy.
0: yeah um So she was like, oh, my gosh, Action Park. We should watch this. Like, I've been here. And, uh, yeah, man, it is – what makes it a really good documentary is one, it's just really interesting. If you've ever been to Vortex Springs here, it's like that but on steroids, which (laughs) is just a bunch of, like, you know, rednecks that, oh, I can build that. And they try, and then they gave no rules whatsoever, and you just (laughs) – you know, th- these theme park rides literally killed people and people got concussions and you were allowed to drink and drive like 60 mile an hour go karts and it I'm not gonna lie to you made it sound pretty fun. <laughs> um, um, but what the documentary does a really good job of is saying this like specific theme park was kind of like a microcosm of the general attitude of the nineteen eighties in general. Um oh. which which was like you had the Wall Street boom, so there was this guy who got rich by trading penny stocks who wanted to make the next Las Vegas at this small town in New Jersey. And so he built this amusement park and he had no rules and it just, you know, it's very similar to um, kind of that jacked up on coke mentality that you relate a lot to the uh, the 1980s. Um, I really liked it. It was pretty good. Disney Plus has a new version of the right stuff. And um, if, you know, you guys know me well, most people can probably figure if you want to get Christian hooked on something, make it about the space race, <laughs> as I am automatically in and uh it's it's really good it's a i don't know i don't know if i would say i'd prefer it to the movie right now but it is a good version of the book um where it's a the, series the movies, right yeah so yeah. this is a series version so it, it does take a little bit more time and detail whereas the movies kind of rush through um but i really like it it's a good cast and uh i think it's i think it's worth a watch uh i know people say disney plus doesn't have a lot of stuff but i would recommend this
2: I, I love the right stuff so i was waiting for somebody i know to tell me that this wasn't gonna break my heart so that's good news
0: it's really different than the movie um uh really different i i okay. think you'd be surprised um but i i like it their john glenn i think is is really really good at being like likable but also kind of slimy which <laughs> i think is a probably fair viewpoint of john glenn um I started Haunting at Bly Manor. I did not finish it because oddly enough, my wife got strangely into it. <laughs> as much as we all say we hate horror, she really hates horror, but she's really into the show. I've watched the first six episodes. It's really good. It's really different than Haunting at Hill House. And it's not very scary, but I would really recommend people checking it out. And finally, the last thing I watched, Dragon Ball Super is on Hulu now. Oh, good. And... uh <laughs> i had been against watching it and i should still be against watching it. it's not very good <laughs>
1: yes. um,
0: but i have watched the first 20 episodes and um have you is
1: the first 20 episodes make it past the the battle of the gods movie
0: god man why in the world did they show that movie and then do 16 episodes of a tv show that's the exact same plot Ooh, line. jesus yeah i'm just now past it it's not good <sighs> So after Dragon Ball Z ended, Dragon Ball GT came out. And Dragon Ball GT, no longer canon, but one of the big complaints that people made about Dragon Ball Z was, it's too dark, it didn't have any of the fun or heart that Dragon Ball had. Um, but Dragon Ball Z is when this show got immensely popular yep. uh, around the globe. And so Dragon Ball GT tries and fails to combine the fun and joy aspects of dragon ball with the dark world ending um, awfulness of dragon ball Z and the way they do that is just by making Goku a kid again, but then facing basically all the same villains he's already faced in dragon ball Z and it, it doesn't work. And so dragon ball super, I feel like they, they listen to the complaints and now it's a curator you know, trying to, to hear that complaint and make a better product. But it, I just don't know that fundamentally it works. Like it's one of those things that yes, fans are saying, but I don't know that fans are right about saying it. I'm not saying I want to watch another Dragon Ball Z, but Vegeta hanging out on a cruise ship, making Beerus Takeaki is not enjoyable TV to me. and doesn't make any sense for the character of Vegeta. And so it, you know, I, is it better than Dragon Ball GT? I don't know. Maybe but it's not as good as Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, and we probably should have just left it alone.
1: We really should have. I, I honestly I think Dragon Ball Z went on just a little bit too long.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think you could see elements in the Majin Buu saga yep. um, that carry over into Dragon Ball Super, like the zany craziness, weird solutions to problems. Literally, one of these episodes ends with them in the middle of a fight, and the uh, character just falls asleep. And that's the end of it. That's how the fight ends. Cool, cool. And it's just, I don't know. I don't even really like punch him up anime anymore, but I'm watching this because it's available and because I refuse to pay for it.
1: And because you've got a big nostalgic spot in your heart for Dragon Ball Z, whether it's actually good or not in in retrospect.
0: If I can sit through rewatching all of Yu-Gi-Oh!, I can make it through Dragon Ball Super. That's
2: almost certainly
0: true. That's all. Um,
2: okay, this week I consumed basically no media to mention that wasn't Van Halen related. After the death last week, I've just nonstop stop listened to Van Halen, haven't really done anything but watch videos of Van Halen on YouTube. It's been a whole lot of that. So it's hard to think of something to talk about here specifically from that. But what I'm going to try to do is talk you into listening to Van Halen's
0: first record. So... <laughs> I thought you were going to say Van Halen 3, and that was really going to be impressive.
2: No, God, I, man, I heard, you know, like MTV played the video from Van Halen 3, like once back in the day. And I immediately said, yep, that is not for me. And haven't checked out any of it since. But Sirius XM has a Van Halen tribute channel currently, and they've been playing some Van Halen 3 on there. And it's like, You know, maybe it gets a bad rap. It doesn't. That's the worst shit I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Everyone involved should be so fucking ashamed. Uh, uh, I think they are. (laughs) they They should be. I'm sure Gary Sharon is still somewhere trying to be like, oh, man, guys, that wasn't too bad but uh,
0: (laughs) that's probably uh, true
2: but yeah uh you know the first van halen record commonly referred to as van halen one is is a weirder record than you would think it is you know where van halen is just such a sort of straight ahead hard rock good times band if you haven't listened to that first record it's laid out really strange it opens with a horn that they make with a horn machine that they built out of horns taken out of various cars. Just a weird way to start a record. That's how Running with the Devil starts. Running with the Devil is a great track to open with. But then the second track is Eruption. Now, Eruption is one of those things that everybody knows about now, so it doesn't seem weird. It's basically like, trying to explain to somebody why pulp fiction was weird in 1994 it's everybody's seen it knows it and it's inspired so much that it doesn't seem weird but it's a weird fucking second track to a record it's just a minute and 45 seconds of a dude noodling on guitar as fast as he possibly can the third track you really got me going is a cover and not like an obscure cover like it's a cover song that everybody knows it's just a weird way to lay out a record third song ain't talking about love is a song about you know fucking without love and you know that's a that's a common theme in the music that van halen uh inspired uh, the track after that um fifth i guess uh i'm the one my favorite track on the record also about that same theme it it has it like a a vague sort of thing that's sort of it's supposed to be about fans paying love to the bands they like but You know, they wrote this song while they were still playing in bars. Dave was not talking about t-shirt sales. He was talking about blowjobs. The next song, Jamie's Crying, takes the exact opposite viewpoint of that. It's from the viewpoint of the girl who would be fucked over by David Lee Roth. It's probably my second favorite song on the record. I just think that's a real cool one, two, three that a lot of records don't do. Uh, You know, the next one, Atomic Punk, is really fucking weird. They just, okay, let's do a song about a post-apocalyptic punk. Sure, why not? After that, Feel Your Love Tonight, basically is where they invented the 80s. Every hair 80s hair metal band came from this song. It was specifically the third single on every hair metal record. The first single from every hair, hair metal record was always a rocker to let you know they were dudes and they meant business. The second one was a uh, power ballad that always let you know we're not just dudes who mean business and the third one was always a, a good time party anthem that had a live video where at the end the singer would be carried away because he'd given away so much on the stage after that little dreamer little dreamers forgettable it's probably my least favorite track on here after that ice cream man uh, Ice Cream Man's also about Dave's dick. I know it's a cover, but whoever wrote it, I think definitely wrote it about Dave's dick. And the last track is On Fire, which uh, which is also a good track. But I, I really think if you think you know what Van Halen is, you should still try this record. And if you don't get it the first time, try it the second time with Speed. You know, maybe your mom has some diet pills around. That's how I discovered that. But uh, yeah, Van Halen won. That's what I got. Love it. Uh, well,
1: pretty standard week for me. Got my, my Ghibli film on, on Friday. I watched, uh, we're not completely, uh, done with the quality. There is another good one in here. Uh, it's, it's, uh, when Marnie was there, uh, which sounds like it would be sad, but it's kind of like a, almost like a Casper the Friendly Ghost kind of scenario, but in a more, I don't know, it's sadder girl and more fantastical adventure kind of way. But it's good. It's it's uh it's really really beautifully animated. It's a it's a a more fun story than I thought it was going to be cuz I thought it was going to be just real sad about somebody dying or something. I don't know why it just sounds like it would be. But uh there's definitely like a queer awakening aspect to the movie that's not explicitly addressed in it at any point and gets weirder the longer you get into it, but it's definitely there. Like it wasn't it doesn't feel accidental, but uh, i really recommend it it's it's probably the favorite one that i've watched oh god in like 10 weeks <laughs> so <laughs> i uh i i really this is you know besides the the top notch you know your howls your spirited your mononoke that kind of stuff this is one of the top tier ones for me i really enjoyed it and then the other thing I, I'm, I, I'm gonna go be
2: honest I'm 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 sad there's no shape-shifting balls in this one there's not You really caught my interest with that last one. I
1: know, I'm so sorry. I'm pretty sure it's just the one. Uh, And then the other thing I watched this week for the bazillionth time, because it might be the thing that I watch the most these days, is Constantine, uh, because it just got put back on HBO. (laughs) And, uh, you know, for a movie that's got Keanu Reeves before his renaissance, and Shia LaBeouf before he even started doing the weird artistic bullshit. Right. uh, It seems weird that... Oscar-nominated actress Rachel Weiss is, like, by far the worst fucking part of this movie. <laughs> I understand, I respect that she wasn't given that much to work with, but man, it's, uh, she's rough. I, re- I watched, uh, I think San Diego Comic-Con had a thing with, a panel with the director and the producer and Keanu Reeves that had a lot of uh, fun little bits, but one of the things that, that came out of that that I had always... Like, kind of noticed in the way that you like you look at somebody down the street and it's like, Did I, have I seen them somewhere else before? Is there's one shot in this movie with Michelle Monahan? And I wonder to myself, is, like, is that Michelle Monahan or is it just somebody that looks like Michelle Monahan? Or is it before Michelle Monahan was a thing? But it turns <laughs> out she had a whole role in this movie that was entirely cut besides just like one scene with one line. Uh, Isn't it
2: crazy when shit happens like that? <laughs> yeah. Like, just take her completely out. Well the,
1: well, the worst bit is apparently they wrote it in, they came, brought her in, they shot all this stuff. They didn't like it. They brought her back, rewrote and reshot, and then still didn't like it and cut her all the way out of the movie. <laughs> so sorry, Michelle Bottahead. You're good enough. I hope to she got paid. Yeah, I'm sure she did. But uh, yeah, Constantine, way fucking better than Transformers. If I had to, to fight and die on a hill. For my underrated movie of all time, it's fucking Constantine,
2: and I I will die on that hill. I mean, when this movie came out, this is one of the movies I was most wrong about, because I wouldn't even give it a chance, because John Constantine wasn't English, but this is
0: totally a good movie. The Uh, first rated R movie I snuck into. Is it? (laughs) I skipped school for it. I was like a junior in high school. Skipped school to go watch Constantine smoked cigarettes in the back of the theater.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This is an unrelated story that I'm probably not going to keep in, but I just remember working at the theater, but this particular time hurting a bunch of like preteen, you know, boys that got dropped off by their mom that wanted to go see a rated R movie. Uh, you know, they went to the box office. They didn't sell them the tickets. And so then you just saw them wandering. And so I was like, I got nothing else to do. I'll just follow these fucking kids around.
0: <laughs> Man, Saturday nights were the worst.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, we 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 have been watching the Val sale and there was some reference to the Stanford Prison Project in it in there. And anybody who thinks that that sort of thing is bullshit has never given a 17-year-old kid who's never had any power before in their life, (laughs) the ability to turn people away because they're underage. They get so drunk with that fucking power. You're not wrong.
1: But anyway, so I I follow these kids around finally to the back entrance where they're like, you know, trying to find one of the doors. And as soon as I pop out, they turn around and they start slinking around the corner. And I just yell, you could just buy a ticket. (laughs) And (laughs) as they're turning the corner, one of the kids yells, you could just get a good haircut. And I think about that all the
2: time.
0: He's not wrong. <laughs> it's a pretty good burn. That,
2: why isn't that kid on our podcast? <laughs> He's genuinely
1: hilarious. I know. Anyway, so that's I, if you if you cut that out, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember even remember how we got to this subject, but that's my story on that. And I think that's it for this week. <laughs> So next week, 80 slasher to be determined. Follow our Facebook. I'll try and update it. We'll see how it goes. But in the meantime, thanks everybody for listening. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. Word of mouth is really the only way that that we can get any new listeners. And if you want to write in uh, your thoughts on Cabin in the Woods or Easter eggs that we missed, you can reach us at, at gmail.com. you Can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Real Phonies and on Instagram at Real Underscore Phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for
2: our theme. We'll see you guys later.
0: Later.